Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Hi, everyone. Judge Andrew Napolitano here for Judging Freedom. Today is Tuesday, March 7th, 2023. It's a few minutes after 11 o'clock in the morning here on the East Coast of the United States. Our guest today is Ryan McMakin. Ryan is the senior editor at the Mises Institute. The Mises Institute is a very sophisticated academic think tank in uh, Auburn, Alabama, dedicated to the study of Austrian economics and civil liberties. Full disclosure, I'm on the board of the Mises Institute, and Ryan and I have been friends and colleagues for a number of years. Ryan, you have been doing some fantastic work lately uh, on a topic uh, that one would not think would normally be um, a cocktail party conversation, but it has uh, become so of late, and that is the topic of secession, the the moral uh, authority of smaller groups to leave larger ones, much as the 13 colonies seceded from Great Britain in 1776. Unfortunately, it cost a lot of lives and shed a lot of blood, but resulted in secession. This has become a topic of conversation lately because uh, Florida Republican Congresswoman Marjorie Taylor Greene, who refers to this as a national divorce, suggested it happened. Now, she suggested in a way like, well, if California wants to leave the country, we're happy to let them go. You and I, of course, would suggest it if people um, believe that the federal government has exceeded the authority given to it under the Constitution and won't stay within the Constitution, why do we have to listen to it? So let's start with the theory uh, of secession and why uh, the regime thinks it has to involve violence. Yeah, that's one of my pet peeves is this idea that secession and civil war are essentially the same thing. But of course, that's not true. And we can think of many examples of secession that have happened around the world that did not lead to civil war. And that's the uh, Americans of uh, the average American, unfortunately, has such a limited view of world history and what's happened out there over the past several centuries that when they think of secession, all they can think of is the American Civil War. They don't even think of the American Revolution, which, of course, was a case of secession, where one part of the empire broke off from the rest of the empire. And it didn't even affect Canada, right? You just had one piece that broke off. This was a this textbook secession movement. So when we're talking about secession, we already know that it can be morally licit in at least some cases. It happened in, in the 1770s. But we could, and that unfortunately led to a war. But why? It led to a war because the forces in London didn't want it to happen. So they chose war instead of peaceful separation. And so that's why there was a war, not because secession is a violent move. It didn't cause any sort of aggression against the people in London. The people in North America would have been fine to mind their own business and govern themselves. But right. so, didn't want so that make, happen. make for me the moral argument 
which uh, St. Thomas Aquinas called subsidiarity, that government is best, which is closest to the people, uh, and which uh, Ludwig von Mises argued, we all have the right to leave. I have the right to leave this little town in which I live in Northwest New Jersey. The town can leave the county. The county can leave the state. The state can leave the country. We know of the feelings of the framers about secession because when Congress enacted the Alien and Sedition Acts and Jefferson secretly wrote the Kentucky Resolutions and Madison secretly wrote the Virginia Resolutions, Madison wrote the Constitution, Jefferson wrote the Declaration, they argued for nullification and secession. We also know that nothing would terrify the Chuck Schumers and the Joe Bidens and even the big government Republicans more than a loss of territory over which they have authority and therefore the loss of a tax base. But make the, the rational moral argument about why we all as individuals or in groups or small political units have the moral right to leave the central government, the bigger political unit. Well, it's a, I think the main, main concept, the phrase that generally would be used by the old classical liberals, um, the people who think in terms of natural law and natural rights, that they would use the phrase self-determination in these cases, that people around the world have a right to govern themselves and not be subject to government from some far off government where people have different values. And if you think about it, most people recognize this is an issue that some people in one place have different values and ways of doing things than people in another place. And if someone says, well, you know, we're all unified and all that, well, just, just ask them then if they think there should be a one world government and that all the world should be ruled from Beijing or from Brussels, or from New Delhi, or from Washington, D.C.? Should people in Nigeria be forced to be governed by people uh, from Russia, or whoever it is that conquers then sub-Saharan Africa, right? We recognize that people in different places have a right to basically rule over themselves to a certain extent. Now, how local should that be? That remains a matter of debate, but everyone fundamentally recognizes that it's not a one world national unified uh, thing where there's, there's pieces where one piece is different from another piece and you need self-government. So that is just a fundamental human right that has actually been recognized even by the people in the UN, that self-determination is a right that everyone recognizes based on old liberal values. That so how, how do you think of. this would work uh, if Texas uh, succeeded uh, because of the behavior of the Congress and the executive branch under Biden or California had seceded uh, because they couldn't tolerate Trump and the Republicans uh, in Congress? I mean, just as a practical matter, what would become of the federal courts? What would become of the Constitution? I would imagine they would be a, a nullity in those states. Well, say you got to the point then where Texas wanted to be its truly its own sovereign state, right? So not even part of a defense union with the United States. Texas is actually an easy case because Texas yes. is large. And with 25 million people, Texas is the same size as Australia in terms of population. It would be, if Texas were in uh, Europe, it would be one of the larger countries in Europe with that many people. It would be like, this, you know, similar to the size of the Netherlands, right? And certainly it would have resources to be able to fund its own military defense, just like a lot of these mid-sized European countries are. And so it wouldn't even really be much of an issue. 
uh, they would easily be able to fund themselves. They have large cities, they have trade, they have coastline, they have everything that's necessary. So when you start looking at the federal government saying, well, Texas can't do its own thing, obviously it's wrong if they say Texas can't do it alone because Texas is too small. Obviously untrue. We can look at any number of countries that do that. Texas has the wealth. They have a per capita GDP similar to Australia, not a poor country country that's got surplus. It's got the money it needs to do all of these things. So it's really just a matter of Washington let, letting Texas do what it wants to do. Let me tell you something else about uh, Texas, and this is uh, true of many states in the union. The Texas Constitution actually protects more civil liberties and more natural rights than the American Constitution does. That's the same for New Jersey as well, which you might consider pretty much the opposite of Texas, New Jersey, uber progressive, the California of the East Coast, uh, if you will. And that is often the case of state constitutions. I tell that to our libertarian friends who fear, you know, what about the First Amendment if there's no federal courts? Well, the Texas version of the First Amendment actually is more explicit and protects more freedom of expression, not just speech and press, than the First Amendment to the U.S. Constitution uh, does. Um, what troubles me, of course, is that as soon as you and I make these arguments, what comes up? Well, if you look at the uh, emails that replied to your uh, original piece in Mises Wire, it's like, didn't these guys read the Civil War? Didn't, you, didn't Marjorie Teller Greene and her, and her predecessors try this in uh, 1860? And didn't the South secede just to preserve slavery and, and all those horrible things, which are uh, historically untrue and obviously anachronisms uh, today? Surely the states that seceded from the Union could join some sort of a, if you will, Commonwealth relationship like, say, Puerto Rico has uh, with the federal government, which would relieve uh, it of the being under the thumb of Congress, but allow it to pay for certain services like mutual defense. Right. Uh, the, the, there are many steps between the current interpretation of the U.S. Constitution, which really just says what federal judges say it says, right? And we could argue that the text as written isn't that bad, but clearly interpretation is pretty, uh, pretty much in favor of unifying everything under the federal government. There's there's a lot of room between that and total sovereignty and separation where you're not even in any sort of defense union. But there's steps in the middle like, hey, we could all be in a customs union like the EU. Hey, we could be in some sort of defense union like NATO. And of course, history has shown that countries that have a common language, a common history, a common culture with close trade ties and cultural ties, because of course, we all know lots of people and are friends with lots of people in other states. So this idea that, oh, now suddenly there's a border between my state and those other states. I guess I hate all of those people. I guess we have nothing in common anymore. Those people on the other side of the, the Delaware River. Uh, <laughs> nonsense, right? And so there's no reason to assume there's suddenly going to be international conflict, just like the United States has been at peace with Canada and the United Kingdom since 1815. And so there's not going to be any reason to believe this international conflict. And of course, you could be in some sort of defense union easily easily, especially since these countries have similar uh, wealth and GDP per capita. So it's not; it wouldn't even be a situation of a wealthy country subsidizing a poor country. And so geopolitical arguments that they make don't even count. This whole thing, well, if we split up, China will invade California the next day. No, because you can do, you can have just simply a defense agreement that would make sure that would never happen. 
let me uh, channel our friend and colleague Tom Woods uh, and ask if, in your view, nullification is a step toward secession. The idea that the legislature of, we'll go back to the Alien and Sedition Acts, the legislature of the state of Kentucky and the legislature of the state of Virginia basically said to the federal government, we are nullifying this statute. You will not prosecute anybody in our states for being critical or uh, uttering defamatory language uh, about the government. It's protected by uh, the freedom of speech. We have nullified it in our states. Is that a step toward um, secession? Yeah, it's absolutely a step in the right direction. Keep in mind that secession is just a type of decentralization, right? Because when you talk about secession, they say, oh, well, federalism is better. You should just divide up the powers. You should just decentralize. Well, secession is just over on the end of the spectrum of decentralization. You can be somewhere closer to the middle if you want. And if you come to me and you say, hey, Ryan, I want the United States now to be a union of truly independent republics that all just agree to have common trade and common defense, I'd be, I'd say, fine. I'm not... A want to move in that direction, fantastic. And nullification would definitely be a step in that direction because it's a step toward local self-rule, except on the issue of diplomacy and foreign policy. And that, and we can find many historical examples, the old Swiss Confederation, the old Dutch Republic, which were very wealthy, successful states, and they were very loosely knit confederations where you basically, within your own republic, you self-ruled. Why, do, uh, why does the central government whether it's Washington, D.C. with respect to the country, uh, whether it's Trenton with respect to New Jersey or Sacramento uh, with respect to California, why do central governments loathe self-determination? Is, is it that fear of the loss of geography over which one has domain or the loss of a, a tax base uh, to suppress and fr from which to extract wealth? I think it's both of those, right? Is states naturally, I mean, this is a 700-year trend, right, which really started to accelerate in the last four How oh, we're losing you, Ryan. I can see you again. Can you hear me now? Okay, yeah. So you, you know, something happened for a few seconds. You were talking about this was a 700-year-old a trend. Yes. And so, but over the last 400 years or so, it really started to accelerate. So you had territorial governments and they start to recognize, okay, I need for geopolitical reasons to really control all this territory. And I want to easily be able to collect taxes without having to go through some local noble or some local sort of self-governing unit. And so then you... Uh, Uh, we're losing you again, my friend. Oh, all right. All right. Now you're now you're back. All right. Uh, I'm not sure what's uh, going on. Where are you in Alabama? I'm in Denver. Oh, you're in Denver. Okay. All right. Well, hopefully uh, that won't happen again. So what? What? You know, I I I think, and I think you agree with this. Secession is inevitable in America. A, because no regime lasts forever. Even the Roman Empire at some point fell apart, particularly uh, a regime that is so heavy with regulation and taxation and other burdens imposed upon people, uh, created by a, a central elitist mentality, utterly out of, uh, out of touch 
uh, with the needs of the ordinary people that it's uh, regulating. In this case, in the American case, uh, at some point, the federal government will collapse like an overripe apple. It just won't be able to pay its bills. No, no one will lend it uh, any money and no one will want to do business with it. That, well, of course, this- will, that, that will result in a breakup of the United States into a dozen or maybe more smaller republics. You want a lot of regulation? Come to New Jersey. You want a lot of freedom? Go to New Hampshire or Texas. Well, and this is the natural progression of states in general, is once you start to have regions that can be self-sufficient, that become wealthy enough to make a go of it alone, they then start to assert themselves in in terms of self-determination. You can see it, of course, the Soviet Union broke up basically bloodlessly Right. Uh, at, in the 1990s. And there was no civil war there as that country broke up into 15 new republics. And so we can see other examples of this, like Norway deciding to break off from the Kingdom of Sweden, Iceland from Denmark, Malta from the United Kingdom. It just happens. And it's... it's I want to say goodbye to you, but you're going to have to hear me. <laughs> well, I can hear you all the time. Okay. Uh, if people want to read more about uh, secession, more of your work on secession, where can they go to find it? Well, they can go and they can get my book, Breaking Away, which looks like this. And you can buy that at Mises.org. You can buy it at Amazon. And uh, it has a lot of the practical arguments of how this is done. And it's, it's not just a bunch of theory. It has some theory in it, but it's really focused on what are different global examples, what is the moral case for secession in addition to how would it actually play out, and what are also some examples in the United States of, of radical decentralization, of how things would work if everything wasn't done from Washington all the time. Ryan uh, McMakin, you're making James Madison, wherever he is, very happy, and Thomas Jefferson as well as well as all the wonderful people that watch uh, Judging Freedom. Thank you very much for joining us. Thank you, Judge. More as we get it. Judge Napolitano for Judging Freedom.